our bonus episode. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Amy Sittler, and she's a fellow Spectre enthusiast like I am. But more importantly, she is my mother. Hi, Mom! Hey, baby! Thank you so much for being on my podcast! (laughs) So today for this bonus episode, we decided, since Emma doesn't believe in ghosts, which is okay, which is fair, but my mom and I both have ghost experiences... We're going to tell you our personal ghost stories. Are you excited? I am so excited. This is going to be so much fun. (laughs) We've both got very old, spooky ghost stories. So I'm going to let my mom go first and tell you about her Dickensian ghosts that she's met. Who else? What other ghosts would I meet? (laughs) What other ghosts would you meet? She's a big reader. She's a library gal. She's always got a book. We love that about her. All right. So to set the scene... For business, I had to go to London. It's about a 13-hour flight. It lands in London at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I go to my favorite hotel in the world. And I can't check into my room till 2 o'clock or so. So I go where I've always wanted to go and I've never had time to go before is the Charles Dickens Museum. Is it like a house that they've converted into a museum? It's, yeah, it's one of those very London kind of, it's set in a crescent and all the houses look the same and they all have a gate. Mm -hmm that leads into them. And yeah, there's just kind of a, there's a little sign outside that says the Charles Dickens Museum, but it was actually his house. So, you Oh, know, so he lived there. He, he lived there with his family. He like had other big houses outside of London, but this is his London house. So of course, you know, I'm there the minute that it's 10 o'clock and anybody can go in. So I, you know, you go in and I'm like, here I am, Charles Dickens Museum. I am so excited. I've read about this place. I've wanted to go for a long time. And there's one person there uh, kind of in the gift shop where you check in and you pay your money to be able to go. So I'm, you know, just giddy with excitement. And the first you you go past the gift store and the first place you can go is downstairs into the kitchen. I'm kind of like, oh, cool, you know, kitchen, you know, and it's it's furnished, but not exactly the way that it would have been back there. I think they're trying to get some of the you know, original things there. So there's not much down there. But were you like the only person? I'm the only person. Nobody else is crazy enough to be up at 10 o'clock in the morning to be first <laughs> in line at the, at the museum. So I go through the kitchen and then I get to, I think it's the scullery where they used to like the wash the clothes and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, there was just a weird, weird feeling. There was like, kind of like, I have, I don't know what, one of those washboards And it just, A, it was kind of boring, but I was also getting a weird feeling. So then there's a door that goes outside to the wine cellar. So of course Mm -hmm. I'm like, ooh, wine cellar, this is very cool. And it's all, you know, that you can see there's still bottles in there. They're probably fake, but you know, I'm I'm trying to believe that there were, you know, priceless bottles of Aubryon in in there. (laughs) Yes. Um, But there still was just, it just felt weird. And I, it, it felt depressing is kind mm-hmm. of actually how I felt. And I just thought, all right, this is just a little bit weird. Let me let me go upstairs. So you go upstairs, there's a big dining room table and it's all set, like there's gonna be a great big party. And what's really cool is they have recordings. So it sounds like you can hear street noises outside. Oh my God. So as you're sitting there, it sounds like a horse-drawn carriage mm-hmm. comes up, you know, you can kind of hear the clop clop and, you know, a sound of a whip and everything. But then you go upstairs and the most amazing part of the entire house is Charles Dickens' study. So this is filled with all of his books. It's filled with the original ones. 
I'm sitting there taking selfies and kind of in the back of my mind, like, sorry, Charles Dickens, if you're watching me, you know, that I'm being so undignified as to be taking all these selfies. But I am in the Charles Dickens house. You know, this is where he wrote Pickwick Papers and Nicholas Nickleby. And I'm I'm just so thrilled snapping the, the pictures of me. So I'm in a really good mood. You know, the depressing thing from downstairs has kind of faded off. And then there's a stairway that goes upstairs to the servants' quarters and the children's quarters. And on the wall, there's a painted on shadow of a man. You know, you know when they do those cutouts of pictures? I can't mm-hmm. think of what they're called. Like silhouettes? Silhouettes. There's a silhouette of the man. Silhouette, silhouette, will you do the fandango? Fandango. So I got about halfway up and I was just like, I am not comfortable. There's so much unhappiness. There's no, there's still nobody else in the museum. So Was it like you like hit a wall? Almost like you passed through something. Like a fog. Yeah, like a fog. I felt like a like a fog had kind of come down mm-hmm. and just I and I sat there like this is ridiculous. I've been wanting to come to this museum forever. I wanna see all of it. And I was kind of like, I've seen the study. I think I'm good. I'm I'm not comfortable going upstairs. It just I am convinced that there was some very unhappy things that happened, which isn't surprising, I think, if you're a servant. Especially in that area. He had a weird family life and, and all of that. But I'm somewhere that I was so happy to go, I'm just convinced that there were spirits or whatever that were still in that house. And you know, when we said we were going to talk about this, I was doing some research and things. Did you know that Dickens founded something called the Ghost Club? Hey! Which was paranormal research. And Arthur Conan Doyle was one of the people who, you know, after Dickens was dead, he was one of the ones, and he was big into seances and all of that. So I don't know. There there is something in that house, but then I've looked it up. There's no, you know, sometimes you see stories about, you know, ghosts and everything. Oh, yeah, like the Winchester Mansion is, like, famous for being super fucking haunted. Is that that one that the Helen Mirren movie was about? Yeah, it's the one with, like, um, people told her that if she kept building onto her house, then her dead husband wouldn't come back. Yeah, fantastic story. But, like, there's places like that that are known for being haunted, but this place isn't. Is not known for being haunted. But I am absolutely convinced that I felt very unhappy leftovers of something is, I Mm -hmm. guess, how I'm going to put it. But, like, you only felt them in areas where the servants servants. would have lived or would have worked. Exactly. Nothing. Well, I mean, the children's quarters would have been up there, too. And he had kind of a weird family life and hundreds of children almost. But I really felt like it was the servants is kind of what I was feeling, that feeling of dread and really just tiredness and depression. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I went downstairs and like bought everything I possibly could from the gift shop, I was perfectly fine and happy. But once I got out, I was like, okay, that was creepy. Really a weird mm-hmm. situation. And I love the way you described it. Like it's kind of a fog. Yeah. It's because like that's almost like a crossing over or a crossing through is yeah. I think what you felt in that place. So A, early in the morning and B, being the only person around. Yeah, there was that person in the gift shop, but mm-hmm. and it was just creepy being the only person too. Like, and then when I, I still wanted to go upstairs, but then I kind of looked around to see if anybody else was there and still nobody was there. And I just thought, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Not, it's not it. Nope. <laughs> so would you say you believe in ghosts or? Like, did this experience change your mind? I'd already had one other ghostly encounter in a castle in France. And I 
certainly think anytime I go to the Tower of London that mm-hmm. I feel, well, obviously I have a huge affinity with the Tower of London just because so many of my favorite people like Anne Boleyn have died there. <laughs> but yeah, so I think part of it is my own inclination for certain places, but I do feel that there is leftover energy. I, I feel that there is something there that certain people depending on the circumstances, are probably a little bit more open to Mm -hmm. than other places or things that other people might, you know, be more open to. You know, I don't think I would ever go to a sporting event and have any, you know... Weird inclinations. Thing like that coming back. Yeah. It has to be, you know, British and a castle and something like that. Well, I've always thought one of my best traits that I've inherited for you is my huge, huge well of empathy. So I think that's kind of why you're able to feel these certain things in these certain places where horrible things might have happened to people. So maybe you're just kind of in tune with with like that. that That's like an empathetic response that you have even maybe centuries later. Have you had some similar things happen? We've never really talked about your ghosty things. Well, I mean, I've always kind of felt like an affinity with the other. I've always kind of been into the whole like, ooh, spooky. I feel like... For me, bad things happen in threes and then one really good thing happens. So I've always been a little bit more... Superstitious? Superstitious. I'm, <laughs> I'm not superstitious. I might be a little stitious. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, my personal ghost experience is when I was at a drama camp in Normandy over the summer and... That sounds so posh. Oh, a drama camp in Normandy. drama camp in Normandy. It's a great program. It was fantastic. But the house had been occupied by French soldiers during the wartime. And in the room that I was staying in, there was a crib, like a very, very old crib. I mean, first day, like there wasn't a lot of closet space. We put all of our clothes in there that we weren't like in the closets. (laughs) And the door would open and close. And we realized this like without a breeze, without a draft, it's like we'd lock the door, we'd close it the door would open and close no matter kind of what. So we started joking. We were like, oh, it's a ghost baby, which is kind of a shitty thing to joke about. Like, it's horrible. Like, infant death is awful. But we were like, uh, the ghost baby's opening the door again. Mama! (laughs) (laughs) Creepy. That's so creepy. Pretty sure you hated children back then, too, so... You know, the thing about children is I teach them and dance, but um, I do not want to have one of my own at this moment. <laughs> okay. Ten more years. You can have grand cats, Mom. You can't no, have grand no, kids there yet. Are no, <laughs> grandchildren. Grand cats coming into my life. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, like, we would kind of joke about it, but we realized, like, the presence would be stronger when we actually addressed it. So when we'd be sitting on our beds memorizing lines... If the door would violently swing open, we'd go, ghost baby, close the door, and then it would slam shut. And that happened enough times where it was kind of like a dialogue between us and the thing in the room. And this would happen when there wasn't any wind in the room, which is why it's so weird where it's kind of, we we had like a relationship with this thing that was in the house where it was kind of poltergeisty, where it would shift things around and move things. But if you were firm enough with it, you were like, stop that. The thing would shift back, the door would close and lock. Have you spoken a mommy voice? Yeah, no, it's it, it was very much like, don't do that. Like teacher voice, like training a child who didn't yep. know better. Yikes. So that's kind of like my big experience with the ghosties. It's kind of funny because it's kind of like, who are you going to call? Ghost baby. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghost babies. <laughs> don't let Paramount or anything hear that. They'll make another sequel oh and we God. don't need one oh more of God. those. The, that one's been done. Surely you guys can think of a new movie that you could come, you know, do. 
there's there's got to be more movies out there. I have faith in your creative abilities. Definitely. And Emma's a great filmmaker, so she's got that on lock. Next project. What's your other ghost story? The other ghost story is when your dad and I went to Crisay, which is about two and a half hours outside, uh, south of Paris. I actually, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's south or not. My directions aren't, you know, you get your sense of direction from your dad, not from me. But it's oh, one yeah, of these. Oh, yeah, she can't read a map to save her life. <laughs> it's one of these teeny tiny villages that they, when we were there, it's called, the, well, you know, they call them the beautiful villages. But I think only probably 25 people lived there. But there was kind of an old ruined castle. And your dad's friend Hoagie had a, what they called the keep, which was kind of like the, before you got to the castle, kind of a guard room. So he'd bought Mm -hmm. that and it actually was Christmas. We were there like the day after Christmas and it was snowy and it was really beautiful, but it's, you know, there's 20 people around and probably less because it was the holidays. So it's not like there's anywhere to go and get a cup of coffee. There's just a couple of houses, this keep, and you know, you'd have to drive probably two miles or so to get anywhere, anywhere else. And your dad went out to go to one of the cobs to pick out a bottle of wine. And I was alone in the keep and it was beautiful. There's like, you know, cold. So, you know, I was keeping my stuff on, but we had a fire going. I had a book, you know, I was reading Jane Austen. It was, you know, it just felt really cool. And I swear I heard the door, downstairs door open. And it's one of those big wooden with metal bars kind of, you know, That's embedded into it. some force to open it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a castle door. And it opened up. Somebody was there and were stamping the snow off of their boots. And I was like, hey, that didn't take you so long. You know, are you back? And your dad didn't say anything back. And I was like, hello, nothing. And then I was like, That's kind of weird. Crept down the stairs. Nobody was there. There was no like little snow on the carpet or anything like that that I could prove it. But I am absolutely positive that I heard somebody come in, stamp their boots. And then when I called out, I think that they disappeared. And I told your dad the story, you know, when he came in and he's like, yeah, let's have another bottle of wine. You know, maybe you've had enough or something. <laughs> he's almost. such a skeptic. Yeah, he's such a skeptic. But I am. I absolutely that was exactly the sound that I heard. So it wasn't fr- it wasn't frightening or anything. But again, you know, as we were talking about, you know, spirit energy that's left over. Mm-hmm. There is somebody there who was like coming in out of the snow and was stamping their boots. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. It's been very fun talking with you about like spooky things. I am so excited. I'm going to be on your podcast. I love it so much. I think that you and Emma have the best banter and they're good stories. And you both obviously know each other so well that you can kind of, you know, play off of what what another is saying. I just I really enjoy listening to it. So I'm so I'm so happy and so proud that you asked me to be one of your first guests. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really hope you enjoyed our special spooky bonus episodes. We hope to bring you more. But for now, we're done. And we'll see you guys next time. Across the Veil.